Kiss is going to have its own comic book soon. Printed in, if you believe everything you're told, in real Kiss blood. Welcome to our interview with Adam Black. Adam Black, you may know him as the new artist of the KISS 4K online comic book. Uh, Adam has done a bunch of art for a lot of people. He did some art for perhaps the most bizarre KISS tribute band known on Earth, and that's of course Clown. He's also done his Monsters and Naked Ladies. Adam, could you elaborate a little bit on that for us? I'll tell you what, I read an interview with, uh, you know who Robert Williams is? Yes. Robert Williams, one of my one of my favorite painters. He's he's a crazy man. And I read an interview with him once where he's talking about how, when he was about thirteen years old, he was hanging around hanging out with bikers, and he said that the only thing that kept him from kicking his ass was that he drew monsters and naked ladies for him. And I said, oh my god, that's that's my website. So I did that because I like drawing monsters and I like drawing naked ladies, and sometimes. You know, I mix it up in the Naked Ladies are the monsters, and then everybody's happy. Right. Well, in the end, Naked Ladies usually are the monsters, but that's that's a whole other subject. You're talking to a man who's been through a divorce. Um, <laughs> hey, I've been through a divorce, too, I'll tell you. <laughs> you, are, you, you have a unique distinction of being a KISS comic book creator. You're one of the people, uh, the, you're basically the first person who not only draws the, the comic, but you're also writing it, editing it, lettering it, and coloring it. Uh, how does that make you feel? Busy. <laughs> <laughs> Busy. Tired? <laughs> yeah. I'll t- it's, it's real nice, though, because when I've, I've got a problem with, with the way the, the, the panel's being written or or. When there's too many panels on a page, I don't have to, you know, sit here and curse the writer under my breath. I can just go back and fix it because I'm also the writer. It's it's very handy. <clears throat> so the the coloring took a little longer to get used to. I'm, I when I did comics, it was all I love black and white comics. There's there's a purity to them, especially with the horror comics. You know, I I love black and white and like the old savage sort of Conan. I mean, that was just I grew up on that stuff. So so the the, the coloring took a little longer. <laughs> For me to figure out, and if you read the web comic, you'll see that. You look at the early stuff and just, oh god! But uh, it's it's kind of nice just doing it all myself because then I, I can tweak things as I need be. And well, you know, when when something goes wrong, I've only got myself to blame. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about Platinum Studios? Well, you know. <laughs> I, I think the Monsters and Naked Ladies website pretty much says it all. No, I used to. I, I did some comics back in the '90s, back when everybody was doing them. You know, right, right. before the right before the whole industry pretty much choked on its own vomit. Now, are you talking and, about small press stuff? Or are you talking about actual four color boom comics? Oh, real small press, real okay. small press, black and white. I mean, I I had tens of fans. It well, was, hey. It was awesome. But but what was funny is that they were from all over the world. I mean, uh, the the publisher would say, "Yeah, you sold 120 copies this month." It's like, "Oh my god, that's great!" And then he'd start getting mail from Germany and Belgium and stuff. It's like Latveria, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Transylvania and stuff. <laughs> and these people would write in it, and I'm just reading, it going, "Wow, thanks, dude!" But how the hell did you get your hands on this comic? It's it's being printed by some guy with a Xerox machine in Utah. Well, Adam, so, when you think about it, people in Transylvania probably know a little bit about monsters and naked ladies than you or I do. So, Adam, who are your favorite comic book artists of all time? Favorite comic? Oh man, I'll tell you what, John Buscema. 
I love John Buscema. Now, I, I like the old, uh, I like the old comics Frazetta used to do. Frazetta is awesome. I loved his comic work. It just knocks my socks off. Uh, I, you know, I, I like, I like uh, Kirby and Gene Colan. Let's see who else: Ernie Chan, Tony Duzaniga, John Romita Jr. The only reason to read X Men comics back in the '80s was because of John Romita Jr.'s art. I'm sorry, I mean, they were it was fantastic. But that was the only. I, you know, I'd, I'd borrow my friends' X Men comics and just look at the pictures. Because it had a real simple, real fluid sort of style, and I like uh, who else? Mark Schultz, Dave Stevens. I love all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, John Buscemi, he's he was the man. I mean, he would draw. Everything was real, you know. I mean, he had a he had a sense of gravity. Just, just read an old John Buscemi comic and look at their feet, and you could tell how much change that guy had in his pocket. Exactly, you know? because exactly. of how his feet are sitting. I, the master, I'll tell you. I, I'm worried. Oh, you know who else? Um, Will Eisner. I love Will Eisner's inking. He he, it's it's kind of sloppy, but it all fits together. He just kind of lets the brush do whatever it wants. Right. I, I couldn't figure out how to ink with a brush until I picked up a reprint of some old Spirit comics and I got a magnifying glass. And I took a look and I was like, oh, he's he's not fighting the brush. He's just letting it do whatever it wants. And then you know, bam, I you know figured out inking. It was kind of nice. Thank you. Uh, Will Eisner, wherever you are. Can you tell us how you became the KISS 4K artist? <laughs> That's a real funny story. And everybody who has ever wanted to draw a KISS comic and who doesn't because I'm sitting in that particular chair is going to hate me for this story. <laughs> I was on a my my friend DJ Coffee does Hero by Night. You ever see that comic book? Yes, I have. It's fantastic. I love it. But he used to run a uh, web comic called Your Mama, and I stumbled across it one day and found the form. It's like, oh, here's a bunch of complete degenerates just like me. So I, you know, I jumped in, and rapidly it became my home on the internet. We got talking about and this is way early, this is years ago, way early on when I first got in there, and. Uh, we were talking about being a KISS fan. I said, oh, hell, I'm a KISS fan. Let me show you. And I, t- I, I took a picture of myself in my uh, Destroyer boxer shorts, and I posted it up there. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just kind of, you know, looked at it. I was like, hey, you know, thanks for posting that. And we all had a chuckle and life went on. And about a year and a half later, he sends me an email and he says, dude, you want to do a KISS? You want to do some KISS art? And I said, oh, sure. I figured he wanted like a guest strip or something. But no, bam. Platinum had come to him after he'd won uh, the comic book challenge with his, with his hero comic. And they said, do you want to do a KISS webcomic too? And he said, no, no, no. But I know somebody who, who probably would. <laughs> and DJ knew me. F- he knew my artwork from back when I was doing role-playing game illustrations. I was doing Talos Lana for about, I don't know, eight or nine years before they stopped paying me. <laughs> and uh, so he'd kind of put two and two together and said, here's a guy whose artwork, you know, I, I like his art, and he wears Kiss boxer shorts and isn't afraid to show everybody. And give him the job. And that's, that's, that's how I got my foot in the door. But have I actually got the job? I should actually, you know, be serious about it here. As uh, I su- submitted some Casanova Starchild pinup art and showed it to Dan Forsey at Platinum. He's like, this is great. This is great. We're going to pass this on to Gene. Pass it on to Gene. What's that? And, and, and Dan's the editor at Platinum? Dan's the, he's the vice president of content development. And one of his many, many jobs is that he uh, wrangles all the webcomic artists. 
Okay. There's a guy. There's a guy there named uh, Dave Collins. He's a cool guy too, and he wrangles all the comic book artists. And now that I'm doing the actual comic, but I'm doing it on the web, I talk to both of them now. They're great. They're great to work with. But uh, no, Dan took took these two pieces of art, and he he showed them to Gene, and Gene said, "Yeah, that's pinup. That's great. Where's his sequential art?" So. <laughs> So he comes back to me and he says, no, you're going to have to actually do some sequential and I'm really sorry and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, 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 that's, that's perfect. That's, a, that's exactly what, what you have to expect. So I, I drew out the first, I don't know, three or four pages of the very first Casanova story and penciled and inked them and colored them. Didn't put any, uh, any dialogue to them at all, you know, just so we could see the panel progression and sent those back and Gene said, yeah, give them the job. Excellent. And, and that was that. But you could have made that a much simpler story by just saying that your uh, kiss underwear got you the job. Just well, yeah, but <laughs> but, then, but I. <laughs> well, that's that's the funny part of the story. I do have to kind of you know back it up with something that actually makes me makes sound sense. Credible artist. But we, basically, we can tell all the young kids out there to stay in school, take your vitamins, say your prayer, and wear your kiss underwear, and you might be a comic book artist for Kiss someday. Oh hell yeah! There you go. What was it like to meet Gene and Paul? Well, I'll tell you what. I only actually met Paul. Gene was, this was at the, this was right after I got the job. They said, fly out to LA for Wizard World LA because they're, they're going to, they're going to debut the Kiss 4K comic in a, in a big old press release. They're going to, they're going to tape it and everything like that. I said, okay. So I show up on, you know, three hours of sleep because I hadn't slept the night before because I'm, I'm laying awake in bed all night going, oh my God, I get to meet Gene and Paul. Oh my God, I get to meet Gene and Paul. Just over and over like a broken record in my head. And then, you know, I sleep and then I finally fall asleep three hours later. The alarm goes off and I get on the plane. And so here I am running around with three hours of sleep and absolutely hardly anything to eat. And I'm out having a smoke break because they said, hey, go out and, you know, smoke a cigarette real quick because they're going to have the press conference. I go, okay. So I do that. I come running back in and... There's a place in the convention center where you go up a flight of stairs and there's a there's a conference room or something with some glass doors. And I walk up the stairs, and right there on the other side of these glass doors is Scott Rosenberg, who's the, who's the head of Platinum. And he's talking to Paul Stanley. And I'm looking, and I, it's like, oh, my God, it's Paul Stanley. And I said, you know what the hell with it? I work here now. <laughs> so I, I walk right towards the door. Now, you know, I mean, Scott's kind of a short little guy. He's about, I don't know, five, six, five, seven. And you Paul, are, and you, you, you are anything but short, Adam. Yeah, yeah. See, and you know, Paul, he's about what six foot six two. I'm about, I'm six and a half feet tall, and I was wearing these boots that probably add another inch. And and so I, I go walking right up, and and the security guy stops me right in front of the door. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, this security guy's about five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just gently move out of the way. It's like, no, dude, don't worry about it. <laughs> walk right in, walk right into Paul Stanley. Hold out my hand. I said, hey, I'm Adam Black. I'm drawing your webcomic now. Without skipping a beat, he smiles, holds out his hand, and he goes, no, we were just talking about you. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Nice to meet wow. you. He's a real nice guy. And I, you know, I talked to him for about 10 seconds. Like, okay, I'll leave you guys alone now because you're running late for the press conference. So I walk out and then, you know, Gene comes walking down the hallway. And he's got his, he's got his camera crew and all that. And by this time I'm completely a zombie because, you know, the, the lack of sleep, the lack of food, the, I just shook Paul Stanley's hand. So thankfully, you know, you're not going to see this in the family jewels, did you, did, did you have to sign a release? 
I didn't. That was I was ah. working that until I flew back home and and actually got some sleep and woke up and I said they never made me sign a release form, so I know it's not going to be on the show. But all that uncut footage, I'm sure the guys editing the show had a good laugh at this giant six and a half foot tall moron stumbling after Gene like a zombie because I'm walking after. He's like, at some point he's going to stop moving or stop talking to people and get to shake his hand. Right? Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't actually met Gene face to face yet, but I'll tell you what, Dan forwarded me an email from Gene where he said that he really him and Paul just loved the artwork and they loved the comic and the story and it just knocked knocked my socks right off. It was very nice. Of course you know about Gene's love of comics. Uh are you surprised by Paul's uh love of comics, if you will? I, I was surprised that, that Paul liked the art because his art is very different. I, did, I honestly didn't figure him for a comic book fan, <clears throat> but Gene liking the art just blew me away because he read a, a lot of the same comics I did back in the 70s, like right. the, the, the John B. Sam and all that. And I was like, wow, you, you read that and you still like this crap that I do? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> what input, if any, does Paul or Gene have with the current comic? Well, I'll tell you, they get to, uh, well, with the current comic, uh, honestly, not a lot. They just let me run with it. They they like the stuff. You know, when I started the webcomic last year, it was sort of the side stories to the print comic. Right. Uh, it wasn't actually the 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 storyline that was going on in the print book. It was you know sort of the 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 little side stories that they showed in issue one. You know, hey hey, Paul Stanley used to be Casanova. I said, great. There's there's two months. So, you know, actually it was three months. So I, I ran with that and told those little side stories. Or, or hey, Gene, used to be Shaka, the Zulu king, or the Zulu chief. And so I went and did those stories. They were just little side stories. And I, Gene and Paul liked them enough to where now that I'm doing the whole thing, they honestly just let me run with it. I mean, I, I submitted uh, the issue seven script and said, okay, here's, here's what I'm doing. And they said, great. Okay, just, just you know, go, go have fun. So no, they just kind of leave me to my own devices. It's the it's the greatest job ever. Every comic book that I've ever had anything to do with, from the creative side of things, if if the comic had been going on for a while, we basically were giving a bible or a script of things you could do, things you couldn't do. With Kiss, are there is is is, is there a list of things that you're allowed to do and things that you can't do? There well, are actually, yeah. Okay. There's there's a whole there's a script bible for it. There's uh, some some uh, concept art of what the 4K look like and their costumes and things, which I completely have redone since then. Right. <laughs> because they don't they don't have their they don't have their platform boots. You know, I'm not I'm not going to go down in history as the only Kiss comic guy who drew them without their platforms. It's just sacrilegious. But. <laughs> But you know, and there's there's some descriptions of what the characters are. I mean, I I know exactly how how big of a bullet you need to take down the demon, for instance. You know, wow, things things like that, or or how fast Chikara can run, or what, what the extent of Star Child's powers are. You know, little little things like that that I'm not going to give away on the show later. Okay, and there, you know, there there are some things you you can't do as well, and and they're mostly copyright things. You know, because, like, I for mean, example, who owns makeup rights or things like that. Right. Like, like right. for example, even though uh, you were you were telling me at one point that there's a huge Vinnie Vincent fan who loves the comic book and he would love for you to work Vinnie Vincent in there, but that may not be happening due to some possible legalities, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a the whole 
destroyer cult curse starts in ancient Egypt, and this guy said, you know, you could have have a guy in the old Vinnie Vincent uh, Pharaoh makeup. And it's like, well, that's a great idea, but I don't think I can do that because I think Vinnie still owns – he owns the copyright to that particular makeup. So it's probably not going to happen. Even if he doesn't, uh, we know from what's happened uh, in court and whatnot that uh, things are not – the best between the two camps right now. So you're not going to see Kiss 4K featuring the wizard. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> yeah, you might be the, uh, you might, you might lose the gig no matter what kind of Kiss underwear you're wearing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. Now, you mentioned you were a KISS fan before starting the comic. How did you become aware of KISS? Could you tell us the year? When when did the bug bite you? <laughs> I'll tell you what, we moved around a lot as a kid. And so I I didn't get to... When I make friends, I didn't get to keep them for very long. So we're always pulling up stakes, moving around, because I was an army brat. And around 1978 or 79, we moved to Colorado. And I, I, I met this kid. And up till then, I... Rock and Roll to me was uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. You know, I mean, Pink Floyd, that was about it. Yeah, because my, my, my daddy likes more easy listening stuff. He likes some Beach Boys. He likes some uh, Venture Brothers, that, that type of thing. So I'd never heard, and, you know, I never heard a Kiss or, or Queen or any of that. And I go over to my friend's house to spend the night, and he's got the old Mego dolls. And I'm looking, I was like, what the hell are those? He goes, what do you mean? <laughs> he pulls, starts pulling out his Kiss records and. And uh, I'll tell you, I, the, I think the first song I heard, it couldn't have been the first song I heard because on, on the album, uh, uh, Detroit Rock City goes right into King of the Nighttime World. But King of the Nighttime World, I swear to God, was the first Kiss song I ever heard. And I thought there were six, seven guys in the band, you know, because I'm listening to all this guitar and all this stuff going on. And he showed me this picture of uh, the four guys. I'm like, well, you know, where are the other two or three guys in this band? Let's, why are there only four here? And it just blew me away. You know, they, they had the action figures and they had the Kiss comic. That was the first time I read that comic. It blew me away. And, and, of, course, you know, and, and, and of course, you're referring to the Marvel comic book from the 70s. Of course. Of course. It was... That was which is still my favorite to this day. I love it. Kiss flew into Buffalo today, yes, with a plane. A Brinks truck bringing a little white box in which were, you guessed it, four vials of real Kiss blood, which were summarily dumped into some printing ink for the old comic book. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, what was funny is my, my, my little brother at, at the time, because I, I showed it to him and got him all introduced to it, and he said, wouldn't it be cool if you could draw this? If you could draw a Kiss comic? I was like, yeah, right, whatever. And lo and behold... Lo and behold, I'll tell you what, something else is uh, my, my brother got the Talisman role-playing game for Christmas around 1993, and he said, wouldn't it be cool if you could draw for this game? I'm like, yeah, whatever. And, you know, four years later, I had that job, too. So I need to call my brother up and ask him what the next job is going to be, because he's, like he's like a wizard that way. Well, perhaps he'll say, you know, you could, like, maybe take him to a Jessica Alba movie, and he'll be like, wouldn't it be great if you could bang Jessica Alba? And you then know. my wife would shoot me, <laughs> <laughs> and I would deserve it. Right, you horrible, <laughs> horrible comic book artist. You are you more of a Kiss fan since you started working on the Kiss 4K comic? 
I'm not the kind of guy that, on average, likes bands for who they are. I like the bands for the music they make. Kiss was the only. I'll, I'll tell you, I've, I've been a I've been a fan of Pink Floyd since 1975. I didn't even know what they looked like until around 1989. Well, which just, is really weird because they didn't know what they looked like until 1989. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I but I had I'd finally seen a picture of them and I said, "Who are these guys?" And and my friend said, "You idiot! That's Pink Floyd. You love Pink Floyd." It's like, oh, that's great, but you know, other than maybe you know D- David Bowie or 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 Kiss, unless they had a real distinct look. I never actually noticed it. I mean, I, I just listened to him for the music. I was a Kiss fan for the for the music since the beginning, but you know, of of, of course, I, I like their I like their makeup and, and all that. I, I loved Ace really when I was a kid because I wanted to be an astronaut. But uh, you know, and and I like Gene Simmons' makeup because I like horror movies. You know, and I, I liked all of them for that. But all all the behind the scenes crap and you know all the who says what about who? I just, I've never really gotten into that. You know, I, I I like the music. I like the fun. The rest of it, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's great for some people, but eh. I like the comic though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, we we've we've noticed that you've been adding bits and pieces of the Kiss mythology to the comic book. Things like, for example, the other day, uh, the uh, Peter Chris Shakara character uh, answered the phone. What was it? Hooligans Garage. Al uh, Hooligans Auto Shop. Today's yes, special that's it. Thirty-five Chevy on a fifty-five frame. I had to do that. <laughs> I, 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 had to, I had to sneak those in there for for the fans. Those are always fun to do. And I really didn't get a chance to do any of that at at the beginning because it was all it was all historical stuff. You know, I mean, the the most I was able to do was was fit in uh, 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 song titles as as story titles. You know, right. I mean, uh, the the Shaka stories had the chapter one was Childhood's End, chapter two was I Walk Alone. You know, I, that was the only way I could sneak it in until the until December came around. I, I did that goofy little Christmas thing, which and was then excellent. I, that thank was you. Excellent. It was I loved so that. much fun. It was Ooh. so much fun. I would I would like to mention to anybody out there who hasn't seen that issue that it explains why Kiss actually did do I Was Made for Loving You, why they recorded a disco song. I won't ruin the story, but we will provide <laughs> links from the website so that you can get to it. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was a very fun story. Excellent also, stuff. It also explains why they made Kiss Meets the Phantom, which I, I was worried was going to kind of be a sore point, but I figured, you know, it's it's been 30 years. Right. It's been thirty freaking years since that movie came out. I'm sure everybody can take a, you know, take take a a, a long view of it, have a good chuckle, and move on. Well, nobody laughs about that movie more than Kiss themselves. There you they, go. They they and I think that they see it for what it is, and uh, we as fans love it for what it is, or what it isn't. Maybe you know because it's not overly produced. It's. Uh, it, it, it's it's one of those uh, mystery science theater type movies where you can sit around with your friends and have a laugh. Oh yeah, it's great. You know what? Though? I mean, there there are some people on some forums that are just they're still mad about it. I know. <laughs> so they're, they're still angry that Kiss made this movie. It's like you know what, guys? Don't worry about it. Just, I mean, it, just pretend it's, it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's kind of like uh, uh, Unmasked, which is one of their softest softest albums ever it's like you know it's a great I mean, album but if you put that up against like god of thunder you're wondering there seems to be a bit of an inconsistency but that's also yeah. one of the things that i love about kiss is that you have everything from 
the the classic hard rock to the pop to the rebirth of the metal era for them around the lick it up creatures era to the layer the, the pop again on crazy nights it's a very diverse catalog when you think about it uh, yeah there's there's something for whatever mood you're in but i mean you, you got to consider the time period of some of these things i mean when when unmasked came out there really wasn't a lot of good music in general in that time period. I mean, you know, there was disco and, and, and all sorts of crap was out there. And I I don't know. I, I don't hold that against them. It's like, you know what, that, that was a time period where pretty much all music sucked. You guys did. Okay. Let's move on. Right. Excellent. Um, speaking of kiss meets the phantom, will we see any more references to that in the comic book? (laughs) Um, you know, I don't have any plan. I don't have any plan. I I noticed that the that the Dark Horse Kiss comic they actually had Deborah come back and build new Kiss robots, which they were awesome Kiss robots. And uh, did you see that one? with the yes. with the big? Yes, oh, they I were did. great. But no, I I I don't I don't know that I I could do a better job than that because I there are there are some people who I, I don't think the Dark Horse comics are their favorite, but that that Deborah thing was awesome. It was it was very very well done. Those it those Dark good. Horse comics reminded me a lot more of the Marvel comic books of the seventies, basically yeah. to me. It was almost like the same characters twenty years later or whatever. I I actually when I was reading it, it seemed to me like that's what they were doing. They were they were doing the the Marvel characters about twenty years later. Right. But that might have just been me. Please sum up the current plot of the KISS 4K comic, and where does it go from here? Oh, man. Um, well, I'm not going to give away too much, because I've got a, lot, I got a lot of surprises. But in case anybody hasn't figured it out yet, which they might not have, is the, the whole Destroyer cult, they were kind of cursed 2,000 years ago. And I'm going to go into... I'm going to go into it in the comic, what, what happened with that curse. I'm going to get to draw a lot of Egyptians and pyramids and all sorts of fun stuff. It's going to be great. Which is always fun to draw. Oh, yeah. I love, I love drawing Egyptians. I love drawing Romans. They're so much fun. But, no, we're, there, there, there was a curse that started about 2,000 years ago, and that whole family is cursed. And what happens is <clears throat> when they reach around their 40th birthday, they start turning into animals, and, and it's called getting animalized. You know, ah, another kiss reference. Indeed. I, I can't lay credit to that. That was, that was R- Ricky Sprague's original idea. They, they have to stop this curse, and the only way to stop this curse is to kill everybody wearing kiss makeup. <laughs> and what Ouch. They find, yeah, and, and, and what they find out, and what we just found out on the, in the 4K comic, is that the reason they haven't been able to do that so far is they've only been killing four of them, and there's actually 16 of them. There's the four from the Marvel Universe, there's the four elders from the Psycho Circus, there's the four from the Dark Horse, and there's the four that are now. So this and, is this is actually taking all of the previous KISS comic book realities into the uh, story context now. And it's, it's yeah. taking that multiverse and making it a KISS-verse, if you will. Yeah, basically what you're looking at is there are multiple dimensions and each of the each of the kiss comics that has come out since the seven since the 70s is its own dimension 
So, so you've, you've got she who, what was it, issue four, she, uh, she goes into the Hall of Transmigration and there's that statue of the, of the Egyptian snake lady, which is actually their mother, Beth, who that's where the curse started with. And she can travel other dimensions that way. And what she does is she kills off three of them and brings one back. Because what they're going to do is they're going to kill off three out of every four, and then bring the remaining ones back. And there's a they're going to have a ritual called the Ritual of Golden Equinox, where they're going to finally kill off the last four and be free of their curse. So it, it's it's very efficient okay. <laughs> in, in a weird dimensional hopping sort of way. So that's what the bad guys are doing. Well, you know, until Unholy showed up, but. Uh, that that kind of comes later. So so Kiss finds out that they're actually you know the the 4K and they team up with with Wicked Lester. Who t- turns out she's betraying them because, well we'll go into that later too. But she's betraying them because she wants to be released herself. I'm not going to go into that yet. So basically, you said all that because you can't tell us anything. Thank you, Adam. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I, actually, what what I can tell you is that uh, when I when I took over the the actual print book storyline I was talking to DJ Kaufman again and he said you know what you should do he goes Kiss are, are the ultimate superheroes right if you're going to have them save the world have them literally save the freaking world and that's exactly what's going to happen what you're seeing in issue 8 so far where Unholy's using he, he, he possesses Alec he turns his tattoos into these horrible infection tattoo doohickeys and I'm describing it real well too and, and, and Adam I believe that Doohickeys is the proper word for that. See, I told you. Okay, I'm, all right. I'm full. I'm full of cool. <laughs> but, full of cool. Okay, that's all right. right. But but what you saw at the beginning of issue eight, where Alec is possessing all the other Destroyer Cult members and turning them into monsters, that's what Unholy wants to do with Earth. Okay. That's what he wants to do with the Marvel dimensions and all the dimensions. He wants to take over everything. He wants to recreate everybody in his image. Kind of like what what Ricky hinted at in the very first issue. Okay. <clears throat> so that's what's going to go on, and and we're just now getting into, into the part where she, you know, she just now, as of yesterday's page, dropped in and Kiss 4K headquarters completely by accident. That's going to be fun how that turns out, and uh, and it's all just gonna it's all just gonna get crazier from there. So, but Kiss is literally going to save the world. Name for us a comic book crossover slash team up that you would love to see with Kiss. Fantastic Four and Kiss, uh, Superman and Kiss, the Beatles and yeah. Kiss. What would you like to see? A Doctor Strange. You'd like just, to see Doctor Strange take on Kiss. Just for the simple reason that I love anything that has to do with Doctor Strange. My dad got reassigned to Fort Richardson in Anchorage, <clears throat> and this was right after I got into Kiss. I mean, we, we moved to Colorado, and I got into Kiss, like I told you. Right after that, we moved to Anchorage, and we drove okay. all the way. 
We stop in British wow. Columbia, and me and my brother are bored in tears. And the guy who's running the bed and breakfast area goes, "Hey, kids, bored? Have some comics." He comes down with two boxes full of Doctor Strange comics. Wow! And I was hooked. So I would love to see Doctor. And I think Doctor Strange actually worked briefly, kind of, sort of, almost with Kiss back in the Marvel days. Yeah, kind of. I mean, he he, he kind of showed up for a page or two. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Doctor Strange kind of like be their mentor or something. And you know they they go around and fight Dormammu because I mean, Doctor Strange is awesome. Well then let's let's just take it a kick it up a notch. How about the Defenders? You got the Hulk, the Submariner. Oh, yeah. see there you go. That's that's good for fighting. Yeah, so like Gene could fight the Hulk. Uh, the Catman could fight uh, Submariner. You know, Paul could take on <laughs> Doctor Strange or Ace. You know, whoever. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what I uh, when when I when I took over to Kiss 4K, I, I said to myself, "Doesn't it seem to you like in every Kiss comic they kind of make Ace really kind of flaky?" Yeah, and it's kind of weird. After all, he is this, you know, he kind of should go between uh, being knowing everything and maybe knowing nothing, you know, depending on his state of yeah, mind. Or- yeah, and, and they always, <laughs> always kind of make him kind of flaky, and I, I just didn't like that. So so one, one of the things I, I sent out to Platinum, I proposed, I said, look, guys, if, if I'm taking this over, Celestial's not, not going to be this weird dude anymore. He's going to be a cross between an angel and Doctor Strange. They said, okay, great. So if you go back and read issue seven and issue eight, you'll see that he is kind of a cross between an angel and Doctor Strange. We just we just don't want to lose the fun of uh, the goofiness, if you will. That that's on its way. Okay, there will be some goofiness, but but for the most part, I don't know the the celestial character. I was reading an article. It was Neil Armstrong or somebody, one of the old original astronauts. He was talking about when you actually go out into space and you come back, you get this weird sort of humble, almost religious feeling about it about how small we really are and how tiny our planet really is and you know kind of like carl sagan and, and his, his little blue dot yeah if you know what i'm talking about there billions and, and billions that's right i love carl sagan i grew up on that stuff but uh that's right because I, I threw up on that stuff anyway, <laughs> but i'm bumps what a terrible thing to say about carl sagan <laughs> no it just hey it rhymed <laughs> Oh, there you go. That works. But but no, I, I figured Celestial's kind of the same guy. I mean, this is a guy who's constantly wearing a piece of fabric over his shoulders. That at any time, he can throw it over his head and be anywhere in the universe he wants to be. So he's he's going to be kind of aloof, kind of kind of weird, kind of humble all at the same time. So that's that's kind of how Celestial's going to end up. Excellent. I'm not, I'm not sure if that answers your original question because I don't remember what the hell we were talking about at this point. And that's the joy <laughs> of this. Um, Got another question. Name another rock band that could pull off having a comic book on a monthly basis. On a monthly basis. On a monthly basis, I... Because, like, you could do a special. Like, for example, you could say, hey, let's make a U2 comic, and they could, you know, Bono could get water to people in Botswana, that issue. But what are you going to do, like, 12 (laughs) issues a year? You know what I mean? (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what. I probably don't ever want to see a U2 comic. (laughs) (laughs) I I share Henry Rollins' opinion about U2, and that's that they've been milking the same three chords for the past however many albums they've made. I'm not a U2 fan. Well, <laughs> it really makes my angry. I would like to take a, this second to know that, uh, you know, Bono, I, I would like to apologize to him because he listens to every episode of the podcast. He downloads it every time it comes out. <laughs> 
we we love you, Bono. You know, we know you're a, a Closet Kiss fan. Hang in I, there. I, I'm sure. When I think Closet Kiss fan, Bono immediately springs to mind. Yeah, definitely. When he's not no, getting uh, electrical power restored in uh, Zaire, you know. Uh, anyhow, you know what I would like to see a comic of? I would like to see. And I'm saying this because I actually sat down one day and it just came to me this little eight-page thing that I may or may not ever draw. I'd like to see an Iron Maiden comic. I'd like to see a comic centered around Eddie. Because that is just... I mean, Derek Riggs made that guy so iconic. And he is such a cool Dan Scott. I, I came up with with this goofy little eight-page thing where where this, this guy... I'm not even going to tell you. I'll just draw it and get sued later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's got Eddie in it. It's got all this fun stuff. But I would love to see an Iron Maiden comic that's about Ed the Head. That would be cool. That and would, all, uh, because because he's he 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 starts out pissing off Margaret Thatcher. I mean, if you if you follow the progression of Ed by the album covers, he starts out pissing off Margaret Thatcher, and then I think beating her to death with a hatchet or a hammer or something. And then later on, he's in a loony bin with a with a his skull's been cut open. And then later on, still he's he's in the future. And you know he's all cyborgish, and 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 then you know he, well before that he's he he's gunning in the back of a B twenty four Liberator, and I, if you follow the progression of Derek Riggs album covers, you probably got about two years worth of comics there. So there's there's a good storyline if you just thread it together, or just drink a lot of beer and write stuff down. And it's like what happens now? I don't know. Give me another beer, we'll figure it out. Throw some naked ladies in there, and you got a hit. Hell um, Hell yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you your thoughts on the various comic book incarnations that we've had up till now. And uh, we've touched upon it a little bit, but I just want to give just give a, give, give your whole impression, everything that uh, you feel or thought about them as you read them. The Marvel comic books from the 70s, the ones that kicked it off, started off from their, their first appearance there in Howard the Duck to their first uh, special and their second special there. What are your thoughts about the Kiss comics from the 70s? I love them. They're, they're my absolute favorite. I mean, the the part where Peter Chris was dancing with the weird alien cat girl was a little strange. But it, was, uh, <laughs> it, it basically was out of the uh, cantina bar in Star Wars. It was Yeah, which, of- which was, what, about a year or two previous was when yes. Star Wars came out. Yeah. So... Which shows what an old man I am, but no, I love those. So out of all of them, including the one I'm doing now, out of all of them, the Marvel one's my favorite. And they're just, they're just so much fun. What they're do you just, think made that stand out so much? I did it have anything well, to do with like, for example, they were actually fighting Doctor Doom, and you saw Spidey in there, and the Fantastic Four, and uh, oh, Doctor you know, Strange, I mean, Daredevil, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, back back then, that was before before they they did crossovers to death you know right. i mean back then that was when crossovers were still cool mm-hmm. and still fresh and so to throw i mean it's like bam look dr strange oh look dr dr doom look at all these guys you know and and then to to have them all interacting and and you know drawn in the mighty marvel fashion and all that it was just over the top complete craziness I, I loved it plus it was i mean it was, it was the very first one i mean it looks like oh my god kiss has a comic book and, you know but by the time you get the 4k like oh my god kiss has another comic book <laughs> <laughs> but but the first time was i mean come on it was the first time it was it was fantastic plus you gotta love the artwork i mean yeah. I, I judge i judge a comic first and foremost 
I mean, you can't tell by the way I draw, but I just kind of like first and foremost by the artwork. As an and, artist, it, that's probably the thing that jumps out to you first is the visual impact of something. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and I I got to say the Marvel comics were were drawn the best. I love them. I mean, bam, clean, simple, bright, gets the point across. Lots of action. They're great. Bam, done. The end. Cool. And highly so. collectible, we might add. Um, That's true. <laughs> now let's move on to the Image Comics from the 90s. What stands most out in your mind about them? I There are two things that I, that I loved about those comics. I, I like the, the weird, just kind of funhouse mirror sort of storylines they had. They had some weird stories. I loved them. And I loved, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Who drew him? Angel Medina? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved his panel layouts. His, his composition was great. His composition was fantastic. For the most part, I'm not a big fan of '90s comics because I'm a grouchy old man. I'm not a big fan of make all the muscles real balloony and then cross hatch the shit out of them. Right. <laughs> Although I've done that, <clears throat> but um, I, I I loved I loved the stories and I loved his panel layout. They're fantastic. Excellent. I think now thirty-one issues. Yeah, 31 that's, issues. That is the longest, well, to date, <laughs> crossing my fingers, knocking on wood. Yeah. That was the longest run for any Kiss comic. That's saying something right there. Exactly. Uh, now, the Dark Horse comic from uh, this decade, what stands most out in your mind about them? I <laughs> Honestly, the, the thing that first comes to mind is what is going on with the... With, uh, with with the Catman's shoes, because <laughs> he's got these claws, but then he's kind of got these sort of flip flop looking platform things strapped to him. That struck me as a little weird, but no, I I like I like those because to me it seems like they they just picked up where the Marvel books left off. Plus, I like uh, I like how how they introduced the other characters like like Mister Speed and Christine Sixteen and all that. I thought that was real clever. I, I, I like Mister Speed a lot. I mean, he's like. Blah, blah, blah. He talks, you know, more than I do, right? Which is kind of nice to have somebody who talks more than you do. It's very nice because then you can say, "Hey, quit! You're talking to." Excellent. So. <laughs> okay. Now, this next question or statement, whatever. This is a long one. Um, you I probably and, have a long answer. Uh, yeah, a long and probably a longer answer. Um, you and uh, Kiss 4K have something very unusual going on. Whenever I talk to comic book store owners they're always talking about how great it would be if they could only get more women into the stores to buy comic books as with all the kiss comics music fans are going to the comic book stores and they have a great deal of them are women and uh, I know that your web comic has an unusually high number of women kiss fans that follow your book and your daily art blog why do you think that is and this is where you can give a plug to the man for a mafia <laughs> Actually, the reason that so many women read the comic is because I smell so nice. Oh, and that's because you're wearing Kiss Him uh, cologne. Exactly. That's, no, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. When, when, when I first got started doing the webcomic, uh, one of the things they told me is they said, you know, go out and find yourself some Kiss forums and let people know that, that you are just, you know, a, a Kiss fan having fun making this webcomic. I said, okay. So I go running around to various Kiss forums got a fairly lukewarm reception <laughs> you know but before they went back to complaining about these business decisions and then and then i ran across the kiss fan site and and you guys there just completely took me in like family I completely blown away and and 
real, real nice people. And it, it's places like that where you realize that when Paul and Gene are talking about how Kiss has the best fans in the world, they're, they're not they're not yanking your chain on that. They really mean it. And so it was, it was real nice. And it, it is real weird that I've got, you know, uh, uh, proper Southern housewives following this comic religiously. I mean, you know, they're they're not normally going to read superhero comics or comics in general, and yet I'm getting daily feedback on it from them, and that just blows me away. Now, a- as to why they're they're following it so much, I, that's two words: Starchild's pants. There you go, man fur. That's right. <laughs> Which is real funny because when I was in L.A., here's another 10-minute story. When I was in L.A., I was telling you about those two pieces of original art. I was so nervous, I completely forgot to draw on the chest hair. And Dan takes me aside and he goes, dude, you've got to put the chest hair in. You know, I mean, that, that you've, it, we've been told that when you draw to Paul Stanley character, there better be some chest. I'm like, oh, crap. So I grab a little technical pen. I'm hatching in his chest hair real quick. But, yeah, no, no I, I understand the power of the man fur. And I will not let those ladies down. I love you, ladies. I will not let you down. I promise. You want to want to say hi to the man for mafia? Maybe throw out a couple names. Just say hi. No, I, I I'm not supposed to mention the the man for mafia because technically they don't exist. L- they, Linda, yeah. she's she's not real. You know, I, they, <laughs> they're not actually there. They're they're in some sm- smoky back room somewhere. You know, like like in the like in the uh, like in casino. <laughs> you know they're 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 in the, in the back of some Italian deli counting their money and looking at pictures of Paul Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he certainly has a lot of fans. He does, and uh, they are very enamored of the Star Child. And and I'll, I'll tell you what I I take a lot of cues from from those ladies when it comes to how to draw him. When when I redesigned his costume, he, he had this weird sort of man bra thing going on. It's like man, that's covering up that's covering up too much chest hair. So I got rid of it. <laughs> And and it's like all oh, these pants need to be a little uh, little lower. So I <laughs> put a nice big old V there in the middle to show the trail going down. But no, I they the the Kiss fans, especially the Kiss fan site forum members, have taught me how to draw this comic, and they've taught me how. To read it. So and I love you all. Paul and perversion is good uh, feedback for you. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, if, if you want to get women in the comic book stores, just make a comic called Paul Stanley in his pants. <laughs> All or, you got to do. Or you Paul know, Stanley out of his pants. That might even sell more. They'd have to pay me a little more to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I, I, I should do a, a Kiss 4K Star Child uh, swimsuit issue. <laughs> For all the gals of uh, Kiss fandom, oh yeah, and and just just make it uh, just make it print only, and then and you know watch watch the watch the women pile into the comic book shops. I mean, they'd have to open all the windows to get all the estrogen aired out. That's a beautiful thing, my friend. It's a beautiful That's thing. Right. I know that you are now starting to enter the larger world of Kiss conventions and expos. Uh, the Halifax Kiss Expo is coming up. Indeed, uh, that's going to be a hour overnight flight because I'm in Arizona. <laughs> Ouch! So that's the other side of the continent for me. And six and a half feet tall in a 737 is going to hurt. <laughs> wow! So uh, this is going to be your first Kiss Expo, and uh, are you prepared for this? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. I, I've, I've. It'll be the first Kiss Expo I've ever been to, so I have no idea what to expect. But I, I'm sure it's going to be fun. 
will you have original art and pieces for sale? I original art? No, I'm 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 giving one away for the <clears throat> they're having a they're having a, a, a charity raffle for about face up there. I'm I'm going to take a piece of original art that I did just for that, and I'm going to take some lithographs with me, and that's pretty much all I'm going to take. I I suppose I'll I'll do some sketches and things. And hey, I'll I'll sign everything for free. I'm I'm not like a baseball player. I'm not gonna charge you ten bucks for my autograph. <laughs> so, but that's really that's really I'm probably gonna come woefully underprepared. But I've been to you know I've 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 done some signing at some comic book conventions, and I figure that at a comic book convention, you're one of a couple hundred artists, and not everybody who's got a ticket is a Kiss fan. Whereas at the Halifax Expo. I'm probably the only comic book artist there, and everybody's a Kiss fan, so I really don't see how it could go wrong unless I get talking to somebody and don't shut up for 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, they're going to have to bump you and say, sir, can you please move the line along? Uh, That's right. <laughs> go yes. on. Go on. Oh, I was going to... I was going to uh, apologize to everybody who went to Wizard World LA this year <laughs> because I was signing lithographs there, and, and there was actually a much longer line than I expected because I'm a pessimist. And and people actually show up and they they'd say they 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 hand me a piece of paper and they say can you can you do a quick sketch and I'm looking at them I'm looking at the line I'm thinking yeah but it's gonna be real quick and I'm doing these just god awful sketch I mean it's like twenty thirty seconds like bam 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 here you go next and I would like to apologize to everybody because that all that artwork was crap well so if you if you have one this, okay here's the thing if you have one of those crappy thirty second sketches and if you would like a better sketch all you got to do is send me an email and scan in the sketch so I know that you really got one and I'll I'll get you I'll get you a brand new sketch for free, I promise. Wow. That's a well, podcast exclusive right there. It's true for all the four, maybe five people who people, got one. Right, exactly. <laughs> now if there were like fifty people who asked for one, there's no way I'd say that. I'm not <laughs> Well, I was going to pretend I had one, but, uh, you know, I guess I'm screwed now. <laughs> I'm going to see all these 30-second forgeries. Look, you drew this. No, I'm <laughs> I've, I've, uh, you, you, you alluded earlier that you're a member of various message boards. What are some of the few of them that stand out in your mind as a good place to go for references or and to fellowship or to, to get into the band? I'll tell you what, my, my two absolute favorites right now. Is of course the Kiss fan site because they, you know, they they take you in like family. They're real nice people there. L Lin Linda, you're a sweetheart. I love you. She's 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 great, and everybody there is great. It is a real nice, friendly place where you you know you get a lot of Kiss sites where every other post is somebody complaining about something, you know. And I would rather just have some fun because that's kind of what Kiss is all about. And exactly. wasn't it Paul? It was Paul who said if you don't like Kiss, you're you need to pull the stick out, or are you taking yourself too seriously, or whatever? And that's that's the case. You know, I mean, I'll I'll debate all sorts of crazy crap with you, but honestly, Kiss isn't one of them. When it, when it's time for Kiss, it's time for fun. I, that's that's it. That's what that's when I take a break. But I'm talking too much again. Kiss, <laughs> Kiss fan site, and I just got introduced. Oh, Kiss Army Australia is good, but I still haven't quite. Shout out to George and the folks from Kiss Army Australia. We love that's you. That's right. Those are real nice people. They're helping me with another side project I was working on. I, I haven't 
talk too much of them yet, but it usually takes me a while to, to, to kind of get into the groove of, of a certain form. But I'll tell you, what I just now got into the groove is, is, the, is the KISS detention hall. I love those guys. <laughs> Whereas the, the, the KISS fan site is, is a lot like, like a giant extended family. The Kiss Attention Hall is kind of like the the crazy degenerates I ran around with in high school. <laughs> exactly. And to, I, those are my those are my two favorites at present. To me, it always seemed like uh, Kiss Fan Site is more like Sixteen Magazine. It's a bunch of people celebrating and enjoying the band, looking at pictures and going, "Ooh, that's cool," and so on and so forth. No controversy per se. Uh, Kiss Fact that form that they're like the Rolling Stone. They're like the encyclopedia of kiss information bang it's you know, there I, I don't think i've even jumped on that forum yet i should do that you have to and and the de- and the detention hall uh if i were to make them a rock and roll magazine it would be the cream magazine remember back the old lester bang in articles and just all the fun and crazy insanity that they had that that to me sums up the detention hall that's and, and oh yeah and each one of those have a unique voice and a unique uh group of people that make up them you know and it's it's very cool um with your comic book work that you've done in the past and with what you're doing now what is it like to have instant fan reaction because basically you would have to print create something publish it and a couple months later you might get a, a a letter back saying hey issue four didn't have a staple in it or something like that um this is instant right now you put a page up that day you got so many hits on the page and people are saying they like it or they don't. What's it like as an artist? It's, it's great. Well, when you said a couple months, that's, that's being real generous. I mean, when I first started doing the comics, it was write and draw an, an entire issue, you know, put them all up in the mail, bundle them all up, send them off to the, to the publisher. And nine months later, you know, it's, it's printed about two or three months later, after that, the publisher goes, oh, by the way, here's some fan mail for you. So, I mean, I was looking at nine months to a year before I got any feedback for something. Wow. And, and as an artist, you're, you're always kind of working in the working all by yourself in the dark anyway. It's, it's kind of like manuscript illumination. You know, I mean, they, they, you're, you're like a monk in a tower. You just finish the pages, slide them under the door, hope somebody brings you a bowl of soup every now and then. But, but with this, it's great because – I put the page up and bam, I can tell what people like, what people don't like, you know, I mean, which is why the arts, <laughs> I've changed the coloring. I've changed the art. I've changed all that stuff so many times in the past year on that web comic. And it's because they, they told me a platinum. They said, Gene wants it to be reader driven. He wants to, re- he, he likes the idea of web comics and, and that instant feedback and, and how a, the readers can say i like this i don't like that you should change this you shouldn't change that and i've been scrambling to keep up with the readers ever since thank god they all have really good taste thank god i'm not drawing this you know like like manga because that just manga makes me crazy <laughs> those great big eyes and those little small mouths but <laughs> now the manga fans hate me but uh you, you just you just keep putting those platforms in your mouth you just can't, can't that's stop. what i do that's okay. what i do Here's a best worst case scenario. What's the best thing about being the artist for the Kiss 4K comic, and what's the worst thing about being the artist for the Kiss 4K comic? <laughs> I'll tell you what. The, the best thing is that people come up to me and say, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" And I say, "Oh, I draw historic figures and Kiss makeup. That puts food on my table." Wow. And they, really? It's like, yeah, it's great. So I 
it's the coolest day job ever. And, you know, of course, I'm, I'm coming from a guy, I'm, I'm coming as a guy who used to work in tech support, which is the worst day job ever. But I no, honestly, the the best thing about it is is the fans. It's 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 the people. It's the readers, and that's not dog, by the way. <laughs> I don't know whose dog that is, but it's not. It's, it's somebody's dog on the line. Go on. No, no. The the best thing about this job is is talking to the fans, talking to the people. It's great. I love it. Okay, worst thing. I the people who think they're fans. <laughs> the people who think they're fans. I'll I'll tell you what. Kiss is kind of like. It's kind of like a big amusement park, you know. I mean, when when you say Kiss, you, you don't necessarily mean the band or the music. You mean every single thing on the face of the planet that has a Kiss logo. That when I, when I say Kiss, that's what I mean. And it's like a big amusement park. You you walk in, you walk under this big arch with the Kiss logo on it, and there's something there for everybody. There's there's the roller coaster. There's the tilt the world. There's the you know. There's like the music from the elder. There's the unmasked. There's oh yeah, yeah. There's 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 all sorts of different types of music. There's there's lunch boxes and action figures and coffins and ten various uh, band members. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's there's different guitar players and drummers. Also, I mean, Kiss is just a big old amusement park. And I I'm in the opinion that when you go to the amusement park, if you don't want to ride the tilt the world, you want to ride the roller coaster instead. Go ahead, get on a roller coaster and ride the roller coaster, but don't bitch about to tilt the world the whole time you're on a roller coaster. Right. You know, don't don't be on a roller coaster the whole time saying, I can't believe they got a tilt the world in this amusement park. That's retarded. It's like, okay. <laughs> Why don't you just enjoy the roller coaster and not not worry about the tilt the world? <laughs> so I don't know, that's that's what it is for me. And I don't know, there I mean for some people it's all about the music, that's great. Some people don't like the the other types of merchandising, that's great. Some people can't stand the comic. You know, thanks for reading, man. That's fine. I don't care. You know, I mean, there are people who like it. And there are people who don't. I'm I'm not here to impress every single Kiss fan on the sa- on on the face of the planet. I'm just a, another guy on the midway who's who's running the, who's running a ride or, or running the funhouse or something. And if somebody's got a ticket and they want to see that, that's great. If you walk on by, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I would like to thank you for uh, stopping by the secret Pod Kiss headquarters here. And uh, of course, we did this via the internet. And uh, yeah, that's that's what we're telling people. What, what they really don't know is I actually snuck in, gave the secret handshake, and I'm actually sitting in the Kiss bunker with you guys right now. Exactly, sitting Pod Kiss bunker. And if I tell anybody about what I saw, you guys are going to kill me. Right. Say say hi, Gary. Say hi, Ferk. Hey, Go Gary. On. Hey, Ferk. <laughs> How you doing? Excellent. Well, well, thank you for stopping by, and uh, we wish you luck on the expo uh, and the convention circuits. We wish you continued luck with uh, the Kiss comic book, and we just thank you. And it's it's really good to have a fellow fan doing what you're doing, as opposed to some guy who could give a rat's hind end about it all. Well, I, I want to thank everybody for reading it, and I want to thank everybody for giving me comments, good or bad. I mean, if there's something you don't like, just tell me you're not going to hurt my feelings. But uh, I want to thank all the readers and all the KISS fans. You guys are, it is so much fun. You guys are so cool. And that is our show. Thanks so much for listening. Um, please download the other ones if you haven't already. And please drop us an email at podcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of us, um, not only on, on any of the message boards you want, any of the KISS message boards. Gary and I both are there. We have a very large presence on all these boards. 
Um, but also, we have a page on MySpace now. So uh, check us out at www.myspace.com slash podcast. And also, I hope to, by the end of the week, have up a um, Facebook page for all you Facebook fans. So keep an eye out for that. Wow. Excellent. I didn't know about that. Very cool. So we, we want to say a big, big thank you, uh, first and foremost, to Tony from MyKissLife.net. Absolutely. Um, also, Julian Gill and all the members over at Kiss FAQ. If you have never, ever visited KissFAQ.com, then I don't think you can consider yourself a complete fan of Kiss. It's You think you know everything about Kiss, and then you go there and learn something else. It is massive. Yeah, he's... I mean, it's like it's it's really the closest thing online that we have to the Kiss Vault. It's it's just expansive. There's so much information. His books are great, and of course, thanks Julian for lending me the uh, audio recorder that I used for those interviews at the Ace Frehley show. It was great to hang out with you at the show and see all the fans there. And and a big thanks also to Ken, uh, alias Nightwing Ken, um, who designed our graphics for the show and who really just goes above and beyond the Call of Duty in terms of. Um, hooking us up with all kinds of cool stuff for this show. Ken, uh, it wouldn't be a podcast without you, so thank you so much. And check out Ken's site, which is called Kiss Fan Site. Uh, very cool place to visit. Lots of positive energy and lots of uh, lots of love for the hottest band in the world over there. Absolutely. And also, last but not least, um, check out our buddy Bill, who goes by the name For Pete's Sake. He has a nice website called The Nine Lives of Peter Chris. If you're listening and you do a Kiss podcast, let us know, and we will give you the publicity because we love you. Yeah, competition with us does not exist. We're we're all about getting Kiss fans the info and the the love that they so richly deserve. So if you if you're doing something, let us know. And of course, uh, goes without saying, every time, big thank you to Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Peter Chris, Ace Fraley, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Fair. And the memory of the late, great Eric Carr. And the late, great Mark St. John. You are KISS. We are your army. Thank you for listening, and, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Little Gary Schaller writes in from the United States of America and asks, yeah, uh, Nikki, I'd like to know what happens to the back of Optimus Prime when he changes from a truck into a robot. I mean, there's this whole trailer area that just disappears and then reappears when he becomes a truck again. Well, Gary, let's see what Nikki has to say about that. Gary, Transformers are for geeks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it helps.